What happens when a series of decisions in your professional life shatter your sense of identity? In today's episode, Subin Sharma answers this question by telling us about his experience as founder and CEO of Project Potential. In 2014, Zubin founded Project Potential as a non-profit working in the rural district of Kishanganj in Bihar. He tells us about the problems he faced at the start of his entrepreneurial journey, which led him to question his self-worth as he navigated the challenges of building a successful social impact organization. Hi, I'm Shreya and you're listening to Failure Files, a podcast by India Development Review or IDR. The show features highly relatable narratives of failure by people working on complex issues of social change. Their stories are a reminder that the path to resilience cannot be built on success alone. Failure is a necessary condition for it. And now, let's hear from Zubin. My story of failure has to do with the series of decisions I took as a co-founder of a non-profit organization, Project Potential, which led to challenges with fundraising, internal team morale, and confusion about our model. At a deeply personal level, the outcomes of those decisions shattered my own sense of identity and self-worth. Let me expand. I was born in the US to an Indian father, and from the age of 16, I've been working on and interning with small development projects. I always knew that I wanted to work in the social sector and that I wanted to play an enabling role when working with communities rather than dictating to them what and how they should do things. Toward that end, I started Project Potential in August 2014 with a local friend I made in rural Bihar. Our vision was to enable communities to solve their own problems in an inclusive and sustainable way. So we launched the Village Visionary Fellowship for local youth. The idea was to help rural youth, primarily young women, envision a new future for their villages and to equip them with the skills and networks required to make it happen. We ran a residential program with classroom and field work through which our fellows acquired the tools to identify problems and get the community involved in solving them. We wanted to develop 1 lakh village visionaries over time. Visionaries worked on a variety of projects, including helping community members open bank accounts, helping them get entitlements like job and ration cards, and also running small learning centers through volunteers. Over time, as we raised funds for the program, we hit a roadblock. Funders wanted clear outcomes. They questioned whether our program could scale and advised us to run a traditional skill development program instead. But given the dual nature of our model, developing local leadership through village level projects carried out by and for the community we struggled with how to predefine the outcomes versus allowing them to emerge organically we oscillated between a strategy that would appease donors and one that would be more participatory in nature with the community at the center the back and forth began to feel inconsistent for people within the team plus because of this confusion we lacked clear measures of success in the absence of which i constantly felt that we were not doing enough 
This was compounded further by the fact that we were running out of funding, which, in a sense, forced us into another decision, to scale back our operations in a matter of months to a level we could sustain. It had been 12 months since starting the program at that point. As a community-based organization with a team that was more than 90% local, I felt deeply responsible for letting so many people down. At that moment, I responded by taking responsibility for the way in which I had let my team down. But I also allowed myself some vindication due to what I believed were structural issues with the model that needed to be addressed. Therefore, I pushed my self-doubt below the surface and decided we must push forward. In that moment, there were several emotions I was experiencing simultaneously. On the one hand, I was deeply invested in the vision of our organization and the relationship I had with my co-founder and other community members. On the other, I convinced myself that this was a part of my journey of doing this work, overcoming failure and strengthening my resilience. It allowed me to engage in self-deception, but also to continue the work at whatever scale we were capable of. We pivoted our model to instead work with about 10 local youth in a structure that we imagined to be an alternative university, where they would come together to learn and think about what it means to sustain a meaningful life and livelihood. We explored these questions through learning journeys, padhyatras, rural walking tours with no money or phone, and workshops. This failed too. Very few young people were interested. In hindsight, there are obvious reasons why youth from rural Bihar, many from poor households, would not be interested. We were asking for a long-term commitment, two years, without pay or a guaranteed path to future earning. Denial and self-doubt. By this point, four years into starting Project Potential, having failed twice, the voice of self-doubt became much louder, though I still sought with considerable effort to ignore it. During some moments, I began to wonder if I was the problem. Was I becoming a version of those case studies of development work about outsiders creating more harm than good? However, rather than acknowledge it, I unconsciously allowed the self-doubt to take the steering wheel, which pushed me to work even harder to figure out a workable model to achieve our vision. There was no question that we needed to find a workable model, but in hindsight, I think I was partly driven by the need to prove my own self-worth to myself through the success of the model. Seeing as how the Village Visionary Fellowship and the Self-Learners Program did not take in the way I had initially envisioned, I sought to remake Project Potential as a youth entrepreneurship organization. This would perhaps address a key concern among rural youth and operate within a clearer, more funder-friendly space. I did extensive research to try to convince myself and our team that the organization we needed to become was one focused on creating 10,000 entrepreneurs in five years. Alas, this strategy failed on many levels, with the primary cause being that this was not the organization we had grown into during the five years prior to that. Plus, I felt that it was not fully aligned to the underlying purpose of our organization, a world in which rural communities can solve their own problems sustainably and inclusively. Yet, I maintained external fealty to the 10,000 entrepreneur vision for close to a year. Why did I stay committed to this vision for so long? There are several reasons. A clear-cut, funder-friendly model provides at least the appearance of certainty when the alternatives, what we had tried previously, were highly uncertain. The ability to clearly articulate our problem statement, vision, and mission 
was at least intellectually gratifying when I was experiencing deep emotional self-doubt. Finally, I think on some level, I'd convinced myself that this may actually be the best path, given all of the different needs of people that we had to bring together for the program. I could only keep this up for so long. My own motivation dropped precipitously over the course of a year. I felt like a fraud seeking to convince others to buy into something which I myself did not fully believe. I burnt out physically and mentally to the point where I could no longer ignore my self-doubt and anxiety. Here's what I learned. Ever since I began this work and until very recently, my self-esteem has depended almost entirely on the success of Project Potential. This was not an active choice I made, but rather a story operating beneath the surface. Maintaining self-worth is important, and competency is one important source of such feelings for most people. However, when your self-worth is so intimately connected to larger societal and economic changes, which are extremely uncertain, is a recipe for self-doubt and emotional pain. It also leads to a paradox. Unclouded judgment is required for achieving your goals as a social sector leader, Yet if your self-worth is closely dependent on achieving your goals, then your judgment can get clouded by a need to prove your own competency. The second thing I learned has to do with expectations for success and creating a positive impact. Many in the nonprofit sector expect large-scale transformation in a short time span with a fraction of the resources necessary to create such change. I too made this mistake with targets of one lakh village visionaries 10,000 entrepreneurs, and so on, often expecting the change of one or two generations to happen in one or two years. With self-worth tied to success and work and incredibly unrealistic expectations for what is possible, crippling self-doubt was almost inevitable. Lastly, I began to see the faults in the way the social sector operates and how these can play an important role in a program's success. Looking back and knowing what I know now, I wish there were more investment in underdeveloped local ecosystems, such as the places I was working in, in Bihar. Because there's a lack of funding available for deep community-based initiatives, social entrepreneurs face a penalty when trying to pilot and scale programs. It's near impossible to raise overheads. This not only adds to the stress, but makes it that much harder for entrepreneurs to work in weak ecosystems, where perhaps the needs are the greatest. Failure Files is produced by Disha Acharya, Pallavi Deshpande, Rachita Vora, Tanaya Jaktiani, and me, Shreya Adhikari. This podcast is part of a larger initiative at IDR, where alongside 15 partners, we are creating a space for candid conversations around failures in social impact. To read more about this growing movement, check us out at idronline.org. You can also share your own failure story with us at write to us at idronline.org. Thank you for listening and see you next week.